0: Hello, I'm Johnny Mockney. Welcome back to We Are Movies. Uh, today I talked to Zach Bricar, who's one of my favorite stand-up comedians. And we talked about Hot Fuzz, uh, per his request. And I know that I'm doing two Edgar Wright movies in a row, and I think that's totally fine, because uh, I'm not going to lose any fans anyway. You have to have some to lose some. Um, anyway, uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, obviously spoiler alert for hot fuzz go see it it's a perfect movie um I'd say around the one hour mark or so our conversation about Hot Fuzz virtually ends and uh, a lot of other bases are covered including uh, Anchorman and uh, Hentai so uh, there's a lot there uh, for everyone. It's an educational emotional experience and I hope you stick around until the end Um, but anyway without further ado here is me and Zach Bricard talking about Hot Fuzz. What is this? <laughs> you know, what the fuck? I just like to be confused by things that simultaneously turn me on, you know?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. why I jack up to Hentai.
0: Um <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Oh, this is a good way to start it. Um yeah, we're rolling. Oh <laughs> I mean that's why my friend does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> So this this is uh this is the first episode in my um my new studio. Uh, my new it's apartment. It's a good place, man. Thank you. Yeah. I've got a couple of stacked boxes on top of a suitcase. Don't give it away. Oh, okay. I've got a... Just wait
1: till the Twitch stream. So <laughs> 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 then they'll know. It's like a face reveal.
0: Tune in for my Twitch stream. Uh, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm going to wear like a V for Vendetta mask or something like that, so people don't know. That'd be, so, that'd be sick. <laughs> um... I'm here with Zach Prakar. Yeah. Um, I'll give I'll give a whole intro so people know who you are and yeah. stuff like that. So, so, dude, you don't have to listen to me like stroke your ego in front of you. Um, but uh, you what want
1: you do, what do you do like a before this starts? You're like After... our guest. Our guest today is yeah
0: yeah. Fucking... It's like what Joe Rogan does, except I have no I have no uh, you know like sponsorships. I oh, just yeah. uh, I just waste people's time at the beginning and end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, and it's also really weird because, like, I don't know how to address people who aren't here. That's still something to get over is to, like, talk into a microphone and, like, talk to people who are not. Oh, uh, yeah. You, just, 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 physically deserve, you with. just.
1: Okay, so I'm going to teach you how to do that. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay, because you have a podcast that's just yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot of talking to myself and acting like I'm talking to other people. Uh, and I also, like, used to make YouTube videos a lot. Now I'm getting back into making yeah. more YouTube content and stuff. And so there's a lot of talking to a camera. Um,. And, uh, <laughs> a lot of, so it's like, the it's like the cliche, I don't know if you, you watch a lot of YouTube stuff? I do. There's the, the very cliche, like, what is, what is going on, you guys? Welcome back. <laughs> what is up? Welcome to the, welcome to the channel. Don't forget to... Smash that like button. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the... the, the uh, Yeah, yeah. You have to get all the, the steps down. Yeah, so me. you open your podcast by being like, what is going on, you guys? <laughs> Welcome to We Are Movies. <laughs> don't forget to smash that subscribe button and leave, rate and review five stars. <laughs> if you <laughs> like the podcast, don't forget to share with your friends What what is going on, you guys. It's a lot of that, yeah. I, I, I,
0: I always just have to redo my... The first word, because I always start with like saying hello, and it's like, hello. <laughs> and I just have to go, hello. Like I don't know. I don't. I, I don't say hello in my day. Hello, life.
1: listeners.
0: We're like, what's up, guys? I don't know. That sounds. You
1: also like. Get like in you're like you're like this with the microphone like you're all shoulders <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> what is up listeners I get into a shoulder with the part
1: stance to... my problem with that is like that's just not how I talk mm-hmm. like even when I am addressing other people yeah so when I start my podcast it is like. And I just, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's up? <laughs> just turned into a fuck boy. I'm like, ha will you listen to this right now?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yo, you listen it's, to it's, that? It's an uh, entirely in character podcast.
1: It's like Night Vale,
0: right? Like, it's, it's
1: incredibly, as your girlfriend called me, chaotic energy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole podcast. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, okay. So you're here because uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you wanted to talk about Hot Fuzz. Uh, so this is I'm doing two uh, Edgar Wright movies in a row which I thought I thought it'd be nice to kind of consolidate them and I think Get they're two out of the way. two very different Edgar Wright movies what's oh, the other one uh, I just did Scott Pilgrim with Trevor. Oh, yeah, so. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh,
1: that's okay. Um, <laughs> yet I will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, no, it's good. It's Make good. sure you listening to it right now. Does <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it have a headphone in? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I see it. Uh, just copy everything Trevor says for that movie, for this movie. Yeah. What really did you think it about
1: it? it? And I was like... Well, really, I think Michael Cera is incredible. <laughs> incredible. Yeah,
0: uh, so do you? Uh, this is your favorite Edgar Wright movie, I'm assuming, right? Is this your yeah. favorite movie, do you think? Top mm,
1: it's, uh, it's top five. Top five? Okay. It's a top five movie. It's, yeah. uh, it is for sure my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Um, growing up, it was Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. As a kid, it was Shaun of the Dead. And then, because uh, I saw that like as a, as a young, young kid. Yeah. And then I saw Hot Fuzz in my teens... Okay. And then I was like, oh, this is fucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, well, I, picking a favorite Edgar movie for me sometimes is like picking a favorite child.
1: Like, I, <laughs> It's tough.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I genuinely feel like, I mean, he's made five movies, and so far I think he's five for five. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's one of the few directors where, like, everything he's made is, like, almost perfect. Yeah. Um, he's phenomenal. Yeah, I think, I think Hot Fuzz is my favorite, too. I, it usually rotates. Like, it's either Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead yeah. most days. But I'd say most of the time it's Hot Fuzz.
1: Okay, the co- okay so the comedy in mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead is funnier. So, as a comedy, Shaun of the Dead is a funnier movie, but Hot Fuzz is just a better movie.
0: Yeah, I think Shaun of the Dead's a little more clever with the dialogue. I think that's, like, peak, uh, like, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, like, witty dialogue. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, Hot Fuzz... I'm also a lot more invested in Hot Fuzz as a story. For sure. Um, It's a great buddy cop movie. Like, I was... I was talking recently with uh, Brett about how, like... uh, buddy cop movies are kind of like a lost art form like there's great ones like you know you think of like the lethal weapons Mm -hmm. and then recently like the nice guys was a really good buddy cop movie but it's like it's stuff like ride along that gets the sequels you know it's like (laughs) a great buddy cop movie like isn't always just funny like it's just like you have two really well fleshed out like defined characters right and you like seeing them together and i think like simon pegg and Nick Frost, obviously, like they've done so many movies together because they're right exactly, and they're
1: like real life friends, yeah, stuff. So it it you can definitely tell that they just have so much chemistry immediately, right? Uh, But it also they're still capable of like. Like, the way that they can portray being not friends <laughs> yeah, is yeah. really funny. Yeah. And
0: you really buy it, too, when they kind of warm up to each other. So right, exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, I think Simon Pegg, this is a really interesting role for him, because usually I wouldn't buy him as, like, an action star. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well, he's in Run, Fat Boy, Run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now he's actually in, like, Mission Impossible and Star Trek and stuff, so he actually is one, so that shows me. Uh, he's
1: my favorite part of Star Trek. That's mm-hmm. how much I'm obsessed with. Like, Scotty, the, yeah, yeah. But he wrote the last one, so he's oh, like, I, no yeah. I haven't seen that. <laughs> well, look, that one was good. Yeah, look I, look, I. That's the other thing. Like, it's weird to do this podcast. Yeah. Because like, I like movies. I would mm-hmm. never say I love movies. You you I, wouldn't say you are movies. I would. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't alphabetize my Blu-rays. <laughs> right. I uh, I I like movies. Um, I. Wanted to do, like, film stuff... Yeah. ...growing up. Um, and... But I, I like, haven't seen... Like, I haven't seen so many movies that yeah. so many people are like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. So I've just sort of given up. I'm <laughs> being, like, a movie guy. Because I can't, like, I can't catch up now. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and so... And I don't, like, I've never been the guy to be like, oh, I gotta go to the movies. I gotta see this new movie. Yeah. Like, I've never been that guy either. Do do movies often come out that you're excited to see, or not really? No. I, I, here's the other problem is, I kinda wanna see every single thing that I see a trailer for. I'm like, oh yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. Um, the most recent trailer I... The Curse of La Llorona, that looks interesting. Wow, neat. (laughs) (laughs) I... I, uh, the, the most recent trailer I saw, I went to see Midsummer. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is good. Yeah. It's not as good as, uh, Hereditary, hereditary, but it's good. And then, that's my review of that (laughs) movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've actually, I I don't know if you've ever done, uh, we'll cut this. If you've ever, (laughs) if you've ever done Psychedelics before. I have not, no. Uh, well, uh, it portrays Mushrooms, like what it's like to be on Mushrooms, Better than any movie, game. I mean, like I've heard that. It's yeah, like, it's insane how accurate it is. Yeah, like the
0: the way that they warp
1: things, the and visuals, the screen, and yeah, like yeah, the yeah. and how people are like behaving and well, stuff. I'm, I've
0: I've met, I've known, I've been with people while they were on psychedelics, okay. and the just the actors' portrayals were so spot on. Yeah, like the the paranoia and everything of like. Him getting like upset about like how bright it was during the day and like when she cries, like all that was like that was really great. The
1: line you've seen it right so the, yeah. The line is uh, the when they're when they're when the guy shows up and they're all like tripping and he yeah. goes he goes oh my god no I don't want new people. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, uh, well, I mean. Edgar Wright is a guy who I think uh, it's really obvious that he loves movies, and you can see like all his yeah, movies absolutely. are heavily inspired by other movies. Yeah, like the whole Cornetto trilogy is like a borderline parody of like a different genre. So like Shaun of yeah. the Dead's you know like zombie horror stuff. Hot Fuzz is like action movies. Yeah, and then uh, the World's End is like sci-fi, like Invasion
1: of the Body Snatchers yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Um and Which s- is an underrated movie, by the way. I really people, like the World's End. People yeah. that like Edgar Wright movies. Seem to never bring that one up.
0: Yeah, that one's... I think it's... One of his, like, slickest in terms yeah. of, like, the way that, like, the action is shot and everything. And it's also a movie where I think the characters were just... Like, the first 40 minutes of that movie, the sci-fi element isn't even introduced. But you're just into, like, what's going on with the characters. Right, exactly. Like, going into their hometown. It's a
1: compelling story yeah. b- before they even do the main
0: thing. And then it gets hijacked by this, <laughs> by this like, alien story. And you're like, all right, I I'll guess I'll do this, too. But, yeah, like, right. <laughs> I, I was into, like, the... Yeah, I was into the other stuff, too. But, um...
1: So uh, Hot Fuzz, uh, when when did you first see it? When was that? I think I was uh, fourteen. Fourteen, okay. When I first saw that movie, and it was uh, <laughs> it. So when I was so I when I first saw Hot Fuzz, it was kind of in the beginning stages of like me getting into like movies as like an art form. Yeah. And kind of stepping away from like kind of like your childlike. Um, I was a late bloomer as well. I, I developed late with every interest. I didn't give a shit about music until I was like a, a teenager. Okay. Um, so like I grew up like being exposed to like a whole bunch of different types of music and like my dad was a musician and I was like, okay. And then like (laughs) getting exposed to all these movies and I'm like, sure. And then it wasn't until like my mid teens that I started giving a shit about any sort of like art. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but, uh. No, Hot Fuzz was one of the first movies that I saw and was like, like wow. Yeah. Uh, like, on my <laughs> own. I just sort of... I think my friend was like, you got to see this movie. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, oh, the Shaun of the Dead guys. Like, I had yeah. no clue. And then I was like, well, this is awesome. And that's kind of like when I started to delve deep and stuff. And so it, it kind of triggered a lot of... Uh, interest in movies, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. And like, in like, directing styles and all that stuff, because yeah. Edgar Wright's style <laughs> is so unique.
0: Yeah. It's so, you know an Edgar Wright movie when you see like, a trailer. Like yeah, just exactly. You, like, I remember when the trailer for Baby Driver came out, and like before it even said Edgar Wright directed it, it was just like, the way they like, crank zoom on like, parts of the car and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. And I was like, oh, this is Edgar Wright. Or like, a knockoff of Edgar Wright. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> uh, so, it, obviously, like, Hot Fuzz out of his movies is, is, you know, like, it's a buddy cop movie. It's, like, an action movie. It's... Did did you... So you were more drawn to that than Shaun of the Dead when you saw it. Yeah, but I saw
1: it as a younger kid. Sure, It was, like, a little bit different. I thought it was really funny as a kid, but I... uh, But that was basically it. Right. I was like, oh, this is funny.
0: So you weren't, like, invested yet in, like, that genre or anything? No. No, okay. So
1: it's more, uh, like... um, Like, Hot Fuzz was one of those things where, I like, it wasn't even, like, honestly, I'm not, I wasn't a big action movie person to begin with, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm still not, like, super into action movies. Yeah. Uh, But I remember being, like, just, like, little things, like, I started, like, thinking things about the movie that I didn't even know, like, the definition of, or, like, the words for. Yeah. Like, I, like, like, it was the first movie was, like, wow, the pacing is incredible. Yeah. And I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like I didn't know what pacing was or whatever. So, like, like respecting aspects of this, like, art form that I didn't even know the words for. I'm like, (laughs) my pacing is incredible. Well, yeah, I
0: mean, it's like, there's movies, there's great movies that I love where I still, like, want to skip some scenes when I rewatch them. But, like, pretty much every Edgar Wright movie, but, like, especially Hot Fuzz, you're just, like, you can watch the entire thing through. Because, like, every single part of it is constantly moving. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, um... I'm into action movies quite a bit. Like, I had that, you know, like, especially, like, I had, like, the 80s action movie phase growing up when I was into, like, Stallone, sure. Schwarzenegger, and, you know, Bruce Willis and stuff. But, um, I, uh, one thing that he does that kind of reminds me of, like, Quentin Tarantino too, in a way, is, like, he'll pay homage to these genres and then just totally transcend them in terms of quality. Yeah. So, like, they mentioned Bad Boys 2 a couple of times in this movie, and, like, I don't know if you've seen Bad Boys 2, but that... I actually haven't. It kind of sucks. <laughs> like, <it's> not... <laughs> I'm sorry to Bad Boys Two fans. Like it's fu- Like it's a fun action movie. It's definitely got like a lot of style, and it's like uh, you know, it's also kind of like a hateful, despicable movie too. <laughs> like with everything it's about. But like it's fun. But like it's not smart. You know, it's not right, nearly right. as smart as Hot Fuzz is. It's not. It. There was not nearly as much effort put into the script as you could tell there was with Hot Fuzz. And it's right. like Hot Fuzz is like. Paying homage to movies like that and like what it admires, but like it's also making a way better movie than all the <laughs> movies it's referencing. Right, know? exactly. Which I think is really great, and <laughs> and so I mean, it's it's really clever. Like, uh, I I think so. They introduce Simon Pegg at the beginning, and he's it's weird because I do kind of buy him as this badass cop character from the big city, yeah. even though like you know he's he's like this tiny pasty British fellow. Like, it's like. I think it's, like, his portrayal. He's just very, like, no-nonsense and straight right. face. Right, he's really
1: stoic throughout the whole movie. Yeah,
0: and and Simon Pegg, in this movie, in sort of in Shaun of the Dead, but especially in this movie, I think he's, like, the most gracious, like, uh, selfless kind of comedic actor because he's totally fine playing it straight the whole time, and he understands yeah, yeah. the value in doing that for comedy because, like, you have people like Nick Frost who bounce off of him, but then, like... We appreciate that as a whole. He's not just trying to be funny to try to get his licks in, you know?
1: Right. And it's one of the things, like, his character is so good for that story. Yeah. Because without his character the way it is, like, characters like the Andes yeah. wouldn't be funny at all. Right, If right. he was, at, like, an absurd person, <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like, those guys aren't even, like, their dialogue isn't that absurd. Mm-hmm they aren't that crazy of characters, but in comparison to him, they seem so ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, and so he... uh, Well,
0: it's funny, because he's kind of like this... You know, he's he's badass, but he's also like this realistic version of a badass cop where he's really into the paperwork and everything. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, You see that, like the biggest injury he got was when he got stabbed in the hand by a guy dressed as Santa Claus yeah who's played by Peter Jackson by the way there's like a whole there's like this like chunk at the beginning of the movie where it's just like cameo after cameo cuz yeah. like you have Peter Jackson and then he talks to his three higher ups who all comically like come into the room by surprise so yeah. it's like uh he's talking to like Martin Freeman and then like Steve Coogan and then Bill Nye shows up and he's like the chief inspector and uh and then I love, like, there's just this little moment where he's, like, because the, they're saying they're transferring him because he's making them all look bad. And he's just like, well, you can't do that. And he's like, oh, uh, yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: will, you want me to get the chief inspector? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And then he uh, he breaks up with, uh, has a breakup with his girlfriend who's played by Kate Blanchett. And you never see her face in the entire scene. That's hilarious. Which is great. I,
1: I think I didn't know about a lot of these cameos. I mean, yeah. I knew about the 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 faces that you see, but I didn't know yeah. Peter Jackson. Peter
0: Jackson and Kate so. Blanchett, who is like an Oscar-winning actress already at this point, and it's like, yeah, let's put her in the movie and not get our money's worth at all. Let's <laughs> like cover it. Like that's like the best troll job by <laughs> like the most famous actor, arguably in the
1: entire movie. Uh, well, the the one of the things that I really respect about um, Hot Fuzz in particular, because Shaun of the Dead, I feel like, doesn't do this as much. Um, and neither does uh, uh, the world's end, but like the um, in Hot Fuzz, it does a really good job of like going like like the peaks and valleys of yeah. like something very intense or like fast cuts, yeah. and then very slow mundane conversation, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. And uh, the one of my favorite scenes, it doesn't really get talked about when I talk about this movie with people, but one of my absolute favorite scenes is. Uh, shortly after he gets, like, introduced to the station and stuff, and they go out for drinks. Yeah. And that whole, uh, dialogue that they have is really funny, where it's, like, it's, like, uh, Nick Frost is, like, um, what's the single most painful, or, like, he's, like, I was stabbed in the head, and he's, like, what's the second most painful? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then he goes, uh, and one of the Andes takes a, uh, drink of his beer, and he's, like... You have a mustache, and he goes. I know.
0: (laughs) That's great. It's just like
1: that. It's like such a mundane like joke.
0: Yeah. But it's so funny. In a movie that also has like over the top cartoonish gore. Exactly. Like there's just like really yeah like the the low like small scale quips and like one thing too is like I was kind of having this conversation where too many comedies are wrapped up in like writing jokes and then the characters are just like mouths to give those jokes. Right, exactly. But yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah. comedy just comes from like the characters and their like the, their defining qualities. Like right. it, I think some other writers would just be like, okay, we have characters like, oh, we have a joke. Let's have Nick Angel say this joke. Like it doesn't matter if it's out of character. It's like we want to get this joke on screen. Yeah. It's like the writers are doing stand-up and they just need the characters to do it for them, sort
1: of, you know? Right, exactly. But
0: instead it's like they have the characters and then the jokes came from the situation that they put them in.
1: Well, they do also, like Edgar Wright and, and that, like the whole um, movie does a really good job of taking uh, taking characters that would be one-dimensional. Yeah, because they're not big enough characters to not be one-dimensional, but then they just take that to an extreme and make them super comically one-dimensional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and every yeah, everyone's got, like, one characteristic, right? Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> Besides maybe, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, even, like, Nick Angel, even Simon Pegg is still, like, you know, he's, like, a very serious cop. Like, that's his whole thing. Mm-hmm, uh, but then, you know, like, he warms up to Andy, because Andy's Nick Frost, and he's adorable, and he's, like, he's so, like, innocent, you know? and uh, and and that's one thing too, is where like a character who's so one dimensional like that could really get on your nerves. like you could just get sick of like, oh, he's just a serious cop. But you know, he has like it's the you you're following him into this uh really kind of goofy sm- Sanford, this like small British town, yeah, which I know some people who like some of my British friends have said like that's where they've lived. like they nail like the idiosyncratic. Like, really, like, like small-town atmosphere, and, like, all the accents, and, like, everyone's just, like, uh, just, like, the old guy in town, you know? Like, the the way everybody knows each other. Yeah. Um, And I always, that's something I always appreciate, like, this, and movies like this, and, like, Fargo and stuff, I always like, like, small-town stuff, and just, like...
1: Well, it's really funny, because I lived in a small town for, like, four years. Where'd you live? Uh, Yale, which is in the thumb. Oh, okay. So you know yeah. where, like, Port Huron is? Yeah. It's pretty close to That's like, the closest actual city. Okay. Um, and it's a small town of, like, 1,400 people or something like that, or I think it might even be only, like, 1,000 or something. It's a very, very small town, and, uh, and I lived there, I moved there, and then, uh, I spent most, like, basically my high school years there. Mm -hmm. And it does really, that's one of the things I appreciate about that movie is, like, when I moved there, being, like, I think I was 14, I went to, like, uh, the bank with my dad, you know, and (laughs) the bank teller, just a random all you are is a teller at the bank but they're like oh you're the new people in town (laughs) and we're like (laughs) good yeah yeah and so it really nails that like feeling of everybody knows everybody oh yeah and it's so because it is like a really if you're not used to it if you're like a London person yeah, and then you move to as like a Sanford, Sanford, yeah. Like it is really off-putting.
0: Yeah, I always, I always enjoy that, like that domestic culture shock. I think is yeah. something that's kind of underrated. Like, uh, look, I lived in uh, Corinth, Mississippi, for a little while. Okay, which is probably the first time that town's ever been mentioned on a podcast. I don't know if you didn't make that
1: city up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I totally could. Have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was in Corinth, Mississippi, and that was like a place where. You literally, you knew everybody in every occupation, and it was like, you know, it's the kind of place where it's like, hey, did you go down to the (laughs) drugstore? Like, it wasn't a question of, like, which one. It's, like, the the drugstore. Frank's drugstore, you know, the one that Frank owns and works at, and he's the only person ever in there, like, all the time. And so, <laughs> it's, like, really... It's really charming, and, like, I think... It's a very, like, cozy movie in that way, where it's, like, obviously it's about, like, cult murder and stuff, but, right, like, right. you get, like,
1: eased into it. You get, I love getting <laughs> eased into cult that, <laughs> that, That's how they get you. <laughs> uh, one thing, that too, that it's a little bit... I mean, it's all about the movie, but, like, the... One thing that is crazy to me about Edgar Wright in particular, but what you, happens a lot in this movie is... How, like, it, the dialogue is so crisp, Yeah. and it's so quick, and, like, everything is so punchy, mm-hmm. um, and there's, like, no nonsense yeah. when it comes to everybody's conversations. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, somebody that's that good at writing dialogue, <laughs> and then, like, like, displaying jokes and, like, humor through yeah. dialogue is also so good at just not having to say anything to make a scene funny.
0: Right. Like,
1: no dialogue at all, and you're (laughs) laughing so hard.
0: Well, there's so many great parts in this movie that are funny just because of the cutting and stuff like that. Right, exactly. There's the great scene where uh, there's the guy getting murdered in his house, uh, and it's cross-cutting between that and um, Nick Frost, uh, Andy showing Nicholas Angel like two movies. He shows him uh, point Break and Bad Boys too,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, and it's like they'll cut between him saying like "you are pulling my leg" and then it cuts to the bad guys like pulling the guy's legs, yeah, like exactly. like. And it's so dumb, but it's like <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just like the sharpness and the confidence they have in the joke too, right? That makes you chuckle. Or like bits where like they hit the guy in the face and he falls, and then it cross like it like match cuts to Simon Pegg just sitting in the chair, like. Things like that, I think. It's, like, brilliant. Like, it's, like, you didn't need to do that. But it's it's all so swift. And, and it's, like, the great thing about Ned Grant movie is if you don't like the joke, it's fine. Because it's over really quickly and you're on to the next one. So, like, even if something doesn't land, it doesn't linger on it, you know? Um,
1: there is also, like, scenes that the dialogue enhances how visually funny the cuts are. Yeah. Where, like, when he does the, the scene where it's, like... Uh, the, oh, the goose escaped the castle. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, your name's Piss Taker. And then it <laughs> cuts... And the cut to him standing in front of the guy being like, so what does he look like? But that cut even right. without the dialogue is so funny. Yeah. Him yelling on the phone and then just being like, uh-huh. Yeah. Because
0: immediately when he's like, the swans escaped he yeah. thinks it's like a prank call. Yeah. Which is also great small town world building. Like that's, yeah. the fact that you can say the swans escaped and you think that that totally, like yeah. that's your police report. There. <laughs> and then, yeah. Oh, and then The it,
1: swans escaped.
0: And then it cuts to, yeah, talking to Stephen Merchant like mid, like as he He's getting angry, and he's about to, like, tell him off, too. Like, the cut in energy from that to just this quiet, mundane scene. Like, a wide shot of the two of them standing outside. And him, like, describing the swans to him, too. It
1: looks like a swan. Slender neck. (laughs) Slender neck.
0: Uh, And then, like, yeah, and then there's, like, so many little moments that just kind of happen out of nowhere. Like, when, uh... or, Or it's, like, you might not even notice him the first time when, um when Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are going after the SWAT and Nick Frost like pulls out his beat stick, <laughs> he's going <laughs> to beat the SWAT. And they don't call attention to it. It's just yeah. like that little moment is great. Um, and then it's really funny, too, because they, they they approach these moments, like the really mundane parts of the job, in st- such like a high-energy yeah. fashion. Uh, to where like they just replicate it all later when it's actual life and death stuff, and even like they repeat conversations like when the woman's like "No luck catching them swans," then he's yeah. like, "Well, it's the one swan actually," yeah. and then they have that same conversation later about murderers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the the mirrored uh, the mirrored shots and like mirrored dialogue is yeah. so huge throughout those movies right. that it's like.
0: And sometimes it's even more clever than you think it is, like, when she says no... Because then they go, she just says, no luck catching those murderers then. And he's like, well, it's just the one murder, actually. And it turns out it's not one murder. Yeah, murderer exactly, two. yeah. Like, things like that, where it's like, they totally knew what they were doing. Yeah, you know. it's and, so
1: small, but... And you
0: think it's a throwaway joke at the time, but it all... And, and that's one thing I... Like, I love setups and payoffs in movies. Uh, what I don't like is really obvious exposition. Like, yeah. you know, like... Uh, Good thing I always keep this gun on hand or something. And (laughs) and it's like, or something. But it's like, so much of the setup in this movie does not feel like setup. You think, because it's funny on its own and it works, um, you know, as just part of the scenes early on in the first act, that you don't even realize that they're setting you up for so much stuff that's going to happen later.
1: A lot of this stuff, like, a lot of the payoff in this movie does come from just watching it a second time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: you're like, you can really appreciate everything they're doing in the beginning, <laughs> right. all the way up until. I mean, I have a, I have one, I have one actual theory about the movie. I don't even think it's a theory so much as it is just what I think. Yeah. They're trying to portray throughout a lot of the movie, is it just being a back and forth? The reason they do so much high energy stuff for mundane stuff is it's the the dynamic between Simon and Nick, and how. It's what like they the way they portray a lot of this stuff is how Nick wants police work to be yeah and what it's like to be a cop
0: whereas
1: yeah. all the mundane stuff is just what it's like that's the Simon version it's like oh this is just my job but Nick's like bad boys too <laughs> and yeah. so that's why like when they when they go to do the 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 traffic stop mm-hmm. and they like do the the quick cuts with the sirens and they're like let's rip <laughs> and right. then they and then it's just like all right so yeah you were going
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and even like when Simon Peg's going into the town for the first time right. and it's like him holding his you know his plant his potted plant and it's like at the bus stop and like it quickly cuts to like like these like short asl like 1 second shots of him yeah. like on the train and then all this stuff and it, so they cut it like it's an action scene but it's like him falling asleep at a train stop. Right,
1: himself. exactly. That's also some of the most brilliant cutting, that particular segment. Yeah. Is some of the most brilliant cutting I've ever seen. In oh yeah, movie. I like so that. Well,
0: there's a great moment where it's like it cuts to him asleep on the bench and then match cuts to him being like woken up by the train coming by. Yeah. And that like totally recreates the feeling of just getting woken up by some right, like, yeah. an abrupt noise is like this just like it just happens and you're like "Ah, oh, i'm up you know um and that's great uh i also like you can kind of see i love that early on you know simon uh, nick frost asks him to go to the pub and he's like no you know and then yeah. but then after they uh doing all this mundane work for a while and then they bust the guy with all the guns
1: yeah
0: uh and uh a medieval bomb <laughs> and, and then it's like like it's loosened simon peg up a bit and you kind of buy it you know like he's right. getting a hang of the job so then when he does go to the pub with him like like it makes sense like it yeah. doesn't feel like they're just making him do it
1: out of convenience yeah for the it's like now he gets drunk yeah 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 uh, uh that's that that scene too, where with the farmer and it's just like <laughs> the guy you don't understand a word it Yeah, is so funny. Yeah. and it also is another one of the the payoffs of like a th- what seems like a throwaway joke of mm-hmm. everybody and their mums packing, and it's like, well, who, farmers, farmers. Farmers. Farmers' moms.
0: Farmers' moms. And then at the end of the movie, he encounters a farmer and the farmer's mom with a gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so brilliant. Like
1: There is, like, a... It's not the same. It's not from Hot Fuzz, but it's from Shaun of the Dead. And yeah. it's just another example of Edgar Wright, like, doing some, like, really cool mirrored stuff. Like it's, like, not even... Serves no real purpose besides, like, oh, that's just cool that he did that. Yeah. But, like, the, uh the whole um, first scene um, when Sean is going to the corner store yeah. to get a coat that tracking shot where the you, tracking yeah. shot and oh, then yeah. uh, everybody's doing the like normal mundane activities yeah. and then he's so oblivious that he's not paying attention to anything right and then the second one he's even more oblivious because he's all depressed. And, he, and they're zombies now they're like. zombies. one person that was jogging is now running for their life and like, he doesn't notice yeah. he slips on blood and like, there's a zombie in the store and he's just like I also love that he gets a diet coke <laughs> yeah, which is a really small detail, but I love like he's like I gotta get my life together. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Step get a, one: get a diet drink and go. diet now. <laughs> I, I love uh yeah and that, well
0: that's also really funny too because like the social commentary of like yeah. you know we might as well be zombies.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. They. Do, I love the the big the big uh, like payoff where everybody is dying to these zombies and stuff, and all they had to do is pretend to be. Zombies, Zombies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: which is funny because like that was a comedy <laughs> and then literally they do the exact same thing on the walking dead at one point i think oh i don't know i've only seen the first two seasons of i've only comedy. seen the first two as well did they I, do it in the second season i think it was the second season yeah that's oh, so they cover themselves comedy. in they covered themselves in the blood <laughs> but then like it starts raining and it
1: washes them off and uh, like, that's no like, you know, that's like, bad like that's yeah. such a bit so that's so <laughs> bad like <laughs> like, it yeah. sounds like a comedy. And it's a dramatic TV it's 100% show. 100% supposed to be Yeah, so. so they cover themselves in in zombie blood.
0: Oh. And... Dude if The Walking Dead was a comedy, I would have stayed way past it. Yeah, I'd be
1: I'd be a <laughs> diehard fan.
0: That'd be, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, I'm
1: talking dead now. Well, it's like, because
0: you have characters like Daryl who are so close to self-parody. Yeah, It's exactly. like,
1: why not? Like Why yeah, not just make this a comedy? Badass
0: guy with the bow and arrow or whatever. Like, just you just have, like, way. Rick who's just
1: Batman if he was a cop. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> He's <yeah>. just, <sighs> I'm a man. Yeah. I'm
0: <laughs> just love, It's like, those characters don't exist in real life. Like, no, the, yeah. I love the conversation when he has like rick who's he's from like what texas or something he's like a so, texas ranger so stupid and it's like yeah, his so wife that. is thinking about getting the abortion pills and then he has this conversation where he's like you think i wouldn't let you have an abortion you wanted and i was like yeah <laughs> like, you're, <laughs> you're from texas look like what are you look at <laughs> you look at you have you seen yourself <laughs> have you heard your accent <laughs> like and you're a British actor. You're doing it on purpose. Like it's not. I don't know. Yeah, that I did not know he was British at first. I th- I didn't know that till I saw Love Actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's Unless a, he's doing he's a Brit- is Rick again.
0: Unless he's doing a maybe he's actually Southern and he's doing a British accent That'd be for Love so Actually. that so cool. It yeah.
1: sucks. The Southern accent is the best accent. As yeah, far as I'm concerned, it's uh, <laughs> it's Southern. <laughs> And then all the Asian accents,
0: <laughs> all of them,
1: <laughs> all of them, like Japanese, Chinese, and then British. Okay, and uh, and then any any Hispanic accent, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how that's it works. Part. Yeah. Uh, no, the best accent is the fuckboy accent. What what what's a f- what's Fucking that sound like? Shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we live in a college town, so like, you yeah, hear you that. You run into that a lot. Yeah, it's well, we get like the midwestern versions of those accents, so yeah, it's, it's just nasal. It's so gross. Yeah, it's it's the most disgusting thing I've ever. Yeah,
1: heard. I fucking longboard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, uh, do you guys longboard? Like, <laughs> hey, do you guys longboard? <laughs> Hold on, dude. I have to check my Tinder. Oh, I Ope. just. <laughs> It's just a fuckboy trying to put, trying to put his dick in somebody. And he's like, oh, she's, she's too fat for, fat for me. me. Oh my like, oh, god. <laughs> oh, oh, look, she packed on the pounds. <laughs> Little big boned there, eh? Hey, Brenda. I don't know that septum piercing had me fooled. In your
0: profile. <laughs> the septum piercing. <laughs> uh, this sounds like parody, but like I, I had this exact conversation with somebody the other day. So
1: exactly. Um, uh, so. <laughs> back some back to the back to the movie. Back to the yeah Hot Fuzz. Back to Hot Fuzz. Uh, uh, great title by the way too. Yeah, it's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Hot Fuzz. You know because the fuzz are cops. I That's asked it. somebody if they had seen Hot Fuzz, because uh, I had been like trying to rewatch it. Only got fifteen minutes in. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, when I was talking to somebody about Hot Fuzz, and they were like, "Is that like a scary movie?" <laughs> and I went, "No." <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> the name doesn't even sound like it
0: means. Yeah, who would hear Hot Fuzz and go, hmm, sounds scary. Sounds like a horror to me. Honestly, it's scarier than the title Hot Fuzz might lead you to believe, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, one thing I appreciate uh, is he does not hold back on, like, the scary stuff in the movie, too. Right. Like, the violence is, like... Uh, pretty intense. It's so intense that it's it's funny. Like, it's pretty hilarious. Like, th- there's a good head explosion in this movie. I'm always... I'm a big fan of head explosions in yeah, movies. I think sure. it's underrated. Um, you know, there's some good great ones out there. Scanners, I think, is at the top of the head explosion list. I don't know if you've seen that one. Nope. I'll send you the link on YouTube. It's great. But um there's a good one in this with the reporter when the Oh uh, yeah. The part of the great castle team. comes. Yeah. And he like walks around for a bit too once his head's exploded. Yeah. Which is the cherry on top for a good head explosion. It's like the body's still got nerves in it. Yeah. You know? Um and moments like that where it's like it's so horrifying that you just yeah. But it's I, he in all three of his movie uh, the cornado trilogy movies really nail funny gore, I think,
1: yeah, um it's kind of like um there but the thing is that it's so funny how he can make like horrifying things funny, yeah, or terrifying experiences funny, and then like uh a scene later or like later on, like I think it's like two minutes later in the movie, yeah. There's the there's the cut with um, Nick Frost with the cowboy hat <laughs> running away, and he's like holding his pants <laughs> in the rain. Yeah, and you don't know how to switch off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is the runaway. Yeah. and it's like that's so goofy, <laughs> and so, so you just watched a man's head explode, <laughs> yeah. and now you're laughing at a guy the way a guy runs away. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I think the really the funniest part about these movies is that it's this really horrific violence met with these you know kind of semi like like these really sort of uh, um, deadpan or like yeah. smaller scale characters and so it's really fun especially in like movies like this that are like small town like idiosyncratic kind of everyday people if you like had them meet that kind of violence, what's their reaction going to be? And at right. the end, it's like, they're the, still the same person. Yeah. And it's funny to mix those things together, where like, his head explodes, and the people are kind of like, oh my. Like, they yeah. just don't know how to like, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> nobody knows how to process that kind of, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So, like, that's, it's the reactions really. Like, if this movie took place in, like, London and a person's head exploded, and people just, like, screamed and stuff, like, it wouldn't be as funny. But it's right.
1: like, It's just like the yeah, it's the reactions that I think sells it. Just nails the whole set and setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything all at once. There's
0: a great running gag of uh, Olivia Colman's character, Oscar-winning Olivia Colman from (laughs) The Favorite, uh, has this running gag where she'll make like a sex pun after like a murder and stuff. Yeah. And then the best part is like the other cop, the guy they don't like, who never talks. He'll like say the point of her joke. Like there's the part when. uh, the, 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 the road collision happens and the two Shakespeare, like the two actors, they lose their heads. Yeah. And then she says something like, I've had my top off when his lay boy. And then the other guy goes, <laughs> tits. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which also happens so quickly you might not catch it. Right. Um, yeah, there's, uh, and then there's like the moment where she's like, uh, uh, you know, like oh, I've been around. I've been around the station, <laughs> like, and uh, moments like that are really great because it's like that's kind of a you know it's another it's like a character trait. It's like it's not like they wrote sex jokes and like oh, somebody's got to tell the sex jokes. It's like, all right, her thing is that she tells sex jokes, and yeah. the other guy points out
1: <laughs> what they mean. Right. You know, It's that one-dimensional character right. thing.
0: Especially, and faced with death, too, to capitalize on my right, previous exactly. point. Uh, there's the the, the 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 mansion that explodes, Yeah. and uh, they're talking about how he was like maybe making food in the night, and then she was like, well, I've had a light night gobble, and the other guy's like cocks but it's also like a guy died a guy exploded (laughs) but it's like she's not gonna stop her character traits aren't gonna end she's not
1: gonna be like oh this is deep now (laughs) right exactly yeah people Uh, just stay the same there's a really I think like the most it's probably the most absurd and like surreal joke or visual gag or whatever
0: yeah
1: in the movie and it's still every time I see it I'm like I, I, I can't help but like cackle is uh when Simon Peg turns the corner and he goes, you mothers. And it's an alleyway and it's just, it's like, a, bunch of mothers. It's just a whole bunch of moms with strollers yeah. all together in an alleyway. <laughs> right.
0: Um, one thing I really love about this movie, and it's maybe my favorite thing about it, is that there's this really intricate mystery about all these people that are dying around town. And... Simon Pegg has... He comes up with this really elaborate reason for why everyone died. And, you know, it has to do with, like, you know, uh, land settlements and stuff. And it leads to uh, Timothy Dalton's character, who is, like, the red herring character because he's the most obviously evil... Well, he turns out to not be a red herring because he's actually one of the killers. Right, exactly. (laughs) But he's, like, the most, like, obviously evil person, right? And and so it kind of leads to him... But it's the fact that like he has this huge elaborate reason for why everyone is murdered, but that's just not the reason. Like it just turns out it's like oh he was a bad actor, like they just or he was a bad reporter. Like there's no reason. Like it's just this really stupid. Like, yeah, exactly. Like it's not connected at all, and I think that's brilliant. Like I think that's yeah, that's really do- funny. He's too. doing
1: detective work trying to connect dots.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and also I think of it from like a screenwriting point of view of like I'm gonna have this really elaborate. Like well thought out murder investigation, and that's just not it. Yeah, I'm just getting. It's, it's not really. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's so thankless, you know.
1: I I do love the the route of like, here we're gonna make the a red herring character. Yeah. Right. But he's the guy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From the moment you see him, meet the guy, you're like, right. well, he's important. Yeah, and then and then people start dying, and you're like, oh, it's obviously him. <laughs> right, right. And Then you're like, but, oh, it is
0: him. But like, obviously, having seen movies you're, before, you're like, it's probably not him, right? Right, exactly, like, exactly. You're like, oh, he, this is a this is. A he'll mystery. say things. Ab- like his his name is like. Oh wait, I gotta look up his name. Cause Skinner. It's Skinner, yeah. yeah, 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 and like he he says all these like uh, all these like murder borderline murder things, like, yeah. Like and, talk- and then like uh, um he'll show up at the crime scenes. And, like there's this also running gag where he sh- he comes by every crime scene, and uh, there's a song playing on the radio referring to the murder, yeah, exactly. Like uh, like the fire song yeah. and stuff like that, and uh, it's so on the nose that I love it. Um, and uh. I mean, so the kind of well, one thing is actually, I think everybody in the town has an all the people who are murderers who are part of this cult have a name that is like murder related. Like. Oh, uh, I've never noticed that. Before. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I have to look it up. But... The
1: uh, here I'll fill it dead air. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, uh, one of the th- one of the little things about like Skinner's character, about like how. Uh, The the scene where they go into the grocery store and, like, you're already kind of convinced that, like, this guy's not... He's going to be, like, a guy, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, he's, like, kicked back in the office and there's all the cameras and then there's, like, the hot girl and he's just, like, so obviously a bad guy (laughs) (laughs) and they don't hide it at all. (laughs) It's so funny. Uh...
0: Well, I like he, he has the yeah after the play after they do that hilarious rendition of Romeo and Juliet, uh, and then he says um, he says something like I'm sure if we were to bash your head open, all kinds of secrets would
1: like come out. Yeah, <laughs> just so explicitly like I'm the killer and
0: I'm going to kill you. So I looked it up. His name, Tim- Timothy Dalton's name is Skinner. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, Edward Woodward plays Tom Weaver. Okay. Um, there is a uh, a mr reaper the farmer is reaper Yeah. there is uh, reverend philip shooter <laughs> 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 like it's there's a miss tiller the florist is named tiller yeah uh, which kind of just relates to her job um <laughs> and you know a hatcher like yeah. it's like it's so on the nose and um uh, one thing there like, there's also these little things like i don't even understand why the choice was made, but you could tell they got a kick out of it. Like, every time somebody says the greater good, somebody repeats them. Like, and you see it in like a smaller moment, like, when he's at the pub and he has to kick all kick out all the underage kids and uh, there's like he's like oh we're just thinking about the greater good and then the wife's like the greater good like yeah, the, yeah. but then like when he's talking to the cult at the end he's like how could this be for the greater good and they all go the greater good <laughs> and he's like stop it and like, I, and, like <laughs> and when he finds out the whole the reason that everyone was murdered and it's like Uh, oh he was a bad actor and he's like "What was like is that why you killed him and he's like well he killed Bill Shakespeare and he's like what? oh (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I love that I love that everyone's guilty like
1: (laughs) all the elders of this town there's I don't know if it's it's most likely intentional knowing Edgar Wright but like the fact that it's uh, his last name's Angel (laughs) yeah um, and it's supposed to be like I think like a play on a guardian angel yeah, because he's a cop yeah. And he's supposed to protect and serve. But he doesn't save anyone. No, not at not all. the entire movie. Everybody that was going to die, dies. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't save
0: a, a single person, and he kills people. <laughs> he, so, sort of. They actually beat... Well, in the third act, that's one thing that seemed really intentional, was, like, not a single person dies. Right, okay. They, like, yeah. shoot people in the leg, or in, like, the shoulder... Uh, there's like a part where it, they have the fascist hag yeah. like back and forth that was also set up at the beginning with mm-hmm. the uh, with the crossword puzzle
1: everything everything is set up everything's set if up you, if you hear anything in the yeah. second half of the movie or see anything yeah there was something it that just was referring to it, yeah.
0: Even the swan is a setup, because that's yeah. how the f- f- Jim Broadbent, like, the final bad guy, that's how he gets defeated, Yeah, was because the swan was in the back of his car. Yeah, like, the the <laughs> swan is <great. laughs> Right, the, the swan's like the deus ex machina of the entire <laughs> film. Uh, and then, um, one, oh, one bit that I missed for a long time was uh, earlier on, the Andes yeah. were so great. The Andes are really... Uh, the, uh, Patty Considine, Considine, and uh, uh, Rafe Spall, who is the white, the token white guy from Life of Pi. Uh, they're the two Andys, and they have the moment where he's like, "Let's like we'll go through the entire phone book, start with Erin A. Anderson, yes. shall we?" And then at the end of the movie, when Simon Pegg talks to that kid who made like the model city, he was like, you know, he says like, "What's your name, son?" He's like, "Erin A. and it's like, <laughs> and
1: he's like, "Sorry," and it's like, yeah, like it's just such a small a thing, but it's so yeah. funny. The, uh, the even like the um, the the like scene in the beginning. When he's showing uh, uh, Nicholas the uh, the cameras and how he can see everything, yeah, and then he's like, and the the living statue. Is this monster is on our streets? You know, talking about the living statue. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Oh, it's fine." And, and then he's dead later on.
0: The, yeah, yeah. he murdered the living yeah. statue. Yeah,
1: <laughs> when he finds like the
0: bunker, whatever, yeah. and the living statue is still like posed. Yeah, <laughs> like, after he's dead, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was, he was doing his job to the bitter end. (laughs) the the living statue um and then like the people doing the uh, graffiti too and like yeah yeah like everyone everyone gets capped off uh and then uh, but also like just as an action movie really competently done like the whole climax like last 30 minutes is a lot of fun yeah when like all the shootouts are happening and it's so over the top, like it. It spends an hour and a half setting up, setting you up for this really. Yeah, it's just a like,
1: climax that doesn't feel out of place at all, right. Despite how like heavy action packed it is. Exactly, like, yeah. and
0: it's like for how indulgent it is, you understand like the the parody aspect to it. Right. You know, like there's literally every single box is ticked. They jump into a bar, jumping in the air, firing two guns at yeah. once,
1: and they talk about it before. Right,
0: everything that. Nick Frost asks him if he's done, they end up doing. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah, like, have you ever jumped in the gun and like, jumped in the, air, uh, fired one gun whilst jumping in the air? Have you fired two guns whilst jumping through the air? Like, stuff like no. that. No. <laughs> you know? And they do it all. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's, like, a really great climax and it's satisfying too cause like you want to see them all go down and they all get arrested <laughs> like nobody <Yeah>. dies <laughs> except for the guy at the very end who gets uh, That even that's another setup and payoff the, the giant medieval bomb uh, blows up the police station
1: oh yeah cause
0: the, the neighborhood watch guy was, was part of it too and then he gets blown up like he's totally dead I'm sure <laughs> yeah
1: well don't doesn't don't, isn't at the end they visit the grave
0: they visit the grave at the end of Andy's mom Oh, okay. uh, Well, because f- they, they also have a fake-out where you think Andy's going to die. Right, right. And then it shows Nicholas going to the grave, and it just shows the last name. Yeah. He's covering up part of it, but then Andy shows up, and you see that it's his mom. Yeah. And they leave the flowers. And then... I don't know. I thought, it was, I thought it was his dad. Oh, yeah, no. His dad's still... His dad's alive at the end. Yeah. Uh, he just gets attacked by the swan in the car. <laughs> uh, and there's a great... too, also Skinner. I love when he uh, he falls in, like, the, 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 the... If you can't... For the people listening at home... I'm pointing to my chin. Uh, he, like, the model building goes through his, like, mouth and then, like, into yeah, the bottom of his so chin gory. and then out of his mouth. And but then, like, they make a joke out of it, or he's just like, that really hurt. And he's, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: and then, like, they take him out on a stretcher and it's still stuck in his chin. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of those movies where it's like, it's kind of like, um, so. In terms of, like, like pound for pound, like, joke, 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 mm-hmm. it's, like, on, like, Anchorman level. Yeah. You know, where it's, like, every single scene, it's just jokes, jokes, jokes. Yeah. Um, whether it's, like, a visual bit or, like, you know what I mean? There's always... Or they're setting something up. Yeah. Or they're, like, paying something else off. And, like... It's efficient. It's really efficient. Yet it manages you're... to make such a, such a compelling story while it's doing that. Yeah. As opposed to something like Anchorman... Which, in my opinion, it is one of the funniest like comedy movies I've seen. Yeah. Um, not because it's one of the funniest comedy movies I've seen, but it's I've seen it at such a young age, or mm. I saw it at such a young age. Are you age. talking about Hot Fuzz or Anchorman? Anchorman. Anchorman, okay. Where, yeah. uh, it's, it's, I've re I've rewatched it plenty of times, it still makes me laugh. Yeah. But because I watched it with my, like, family, like my dad, and my brothers and stuff, like, at such a young age, uh... That it's like, it's the quotes are nostalgic. Mm -hmm. That it is like one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, even though it doesn't hold up. Right. When I watch it now.
0: Well there's things like I don't know if like I love lamp would make me laugh now, but like it right, still exact, makes me laugh right. thinking about how many times I quoted that. Like, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Just like, but there is some undeniably oh, yeah. like hilarious. You are a smelly pirate hooker. Like that <laughs> always gets me. <laughs> there, there's like little gems in there where it's like, wow, them, they were them... riffing for hours
1: and then they got this one. Right. You know. Them singing Afternoon Delight is <laughs> really so funny. Yeah. Like there's some hilarious, but like That's the thing. Is like they 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 sacrifice a compelling story Mm -hmm. to do all those jokes. Yeah. Because it's just you can't really develop your characters when you're just like, slamming jokes down people's throats in every single scene, and it's all just riffs. Yeah. And it is like, oh, these are comics.
0: Well, yeah, and that's sort of that was kind of the beginning of like the Judd Apatow brand of. Comedies, right. which is obviously Anchorman's a little goofier than most Judd Apatow comedies, but um, I think he produced that. But like he, a lot you know his movies kind of created this formula of it's like people sitting down. It's an
1: Apatow movie, right? It's produced
0: by him. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's directed by Adam McKay. That's um, okay. Yeah, that's
1: what I thought. But
0: yeah. a, a lot of the movies he produced, like, and I love some of the movies, like Superbad, also is one super of my Bad, favorites. Superbad, super
1: funny, yeah. Uh,
0: but a lot of his movies, that, you know, the, the the style was like this. Borderline like mumblecore kind of style where it's like these lockdown shots. There's not much happening in the story. You just have long scenes of people kind of riffing, and yeah. you get the comedy from that. And that works for the kinds of movies that he's doing. Um, but I was kind of like I was think I was also talking with uh, Brett and Trevor about this, where uh, people are kind of using that style for. Comedies where that shouldn't be used. Like, right. in more story based movies. Like, if Hot Fuzz had that approach, it wouldn't work because it's yeah. supposed to be also like a buddy cop action movie, you right. know? Uh, like, Ghostbusters kind of had that style of comedy, the new one. Yeah. And that kind of, I think, hindered it quite a bit, too.
1: Well, it is like. Because uh, it should be
0: tighter. That it, well,
1: way. that's what I guess, like, the point being, it's really interesting to see how, like, one director can do the same thing of like cramming comedy yeah. throughout an entire movie like the whole thing is funny. Yeah. Um but in such a different way. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it like it's so radically different in every facet. Right. Yet it yet it is f- a full comedy from beginning to end. There's yeah. no they're not sacrificing comedy for one thing or anything like that.
0: Well yeah, and I think it's it, it kind of depends I think Hot Fuzz is something where it's like firing on all cylinders. Right. So it's funny because of the editing and the script and the actors and the, you know, the shots. Uh, And there's so many, like, on so many levels. It's like a perfectly layered like bean dip you know there's (laughs) like if you however like you dip your chip all the way to the bottom you're gonna get something like of everything and then it's like anchorman that's a beautiful
1: metaphor thank you
0: (laughs) um i'm sure i didn't invent it but uh, then there's like anchorman and obviously it it
1: wouldn't be good
0: (laughs) (laughs) obviously i'm not like crapping on anchorman i love that movie sure but that one is pretty much kind of uh locked into like the charisma of the actors and right. their ability to but improvise and stuff like le, that.
1: Let me tell you why I think Anchorman is a lot better than a lot of those other appetite movies. Sure. So I mean, I love. I think Superbad is well, probably the best one. Yeah. Of like yeah. that that whole genre. Well, so
0: Superbad also works really well as a drama too. Right. Like exactly. The characters. It's just so. a
1: good movie.
0: Yeah. Like yeah.
1: you take the comedy out of it, and it's just like it. The arc makes sense, and yeah. there's like you know, so like. The it isn't just like let's cram as many jokes as we can into yeah. this like funny concept mm. because the concept is super vanilla. Yeah, it's oh teens trying to go to a party and get laid. Yeah, but yeah. like the way they execute it is so good, and right. it's and the characters and make
0: the, it. Atten- the Well, yeah, the attention I think they put into the characters and like you love Seth and Evan as characters, right? Like, exactly. Spend time with them, yeah,
1: but like uh, so, um, it also kind of reminds me of like the innocence of like. Of what comedy is for some reason. Like yeah. like because it is so like it's so juvenile <laughs> that it's like that's okay, but that's the reason I like Anchorman so much. So Superbad is juvenile, mm-hmm. but it's still like a sex movie. It's like a sex and alcohol movie. Yeah. What I love about Anchorman, in comparison to all these other appetite movies, like 40-year-old Virgin <laughs> and Superbad and Knocked Up and shit, yeah. is like anchorman is these characters are grown men and they are so juvenile and they're in like a it's about their profession yeah they're like, like it's professional not... men and like <laughs> yeah. they don't know what sex is like like, like like how they behave is they're so they're like children yeah but like the uh like there's a line in anchorman and i, I don't mean to like take it away from hot fuzz but We're movies, bro. Oh, yeah. We We are movies. We are movies. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, in Anchorman, uh, I also realized that, like, I always do this thing when I start talking about anything where I'm like, I don't know anything about this. I'm an idiot. And then I just, like, dissect everything about it. And then people are like, I thought you didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, I'm still retarded. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, And that's that's every conversation I've ever had. Yeah. uh, What's great about Anchorman... And what sets it apart and what bums me so much about the sequel is that, like, it really took... The the sequel just kind of ruined what Anchorman was. Oh, you think so? I think so. I mean, it's funny, but what Anchorman was in that it's, like, it's the juvenile essence of, like, grown men yeah. not really getting... Anything and like they don't understand sexism. It's
0: especially kind of because it takes place in the seventies. It's like they're really drilling into that just like arrogant, yeah, masculine qualities of like
1: when they go like we're going to talk about. There's a growing level of misogyny or something like that in the workplace, and then I believe it's an old old wooden ship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not (laughs) that right. But there's a there's a line that really really captures, and it's a throwaway line. It's not even that funny. But it really captures the whole atmosphere of that movie where, like, uh, I, in my opinion, I gotta, you have to say in my opinion, Mm -hmm. but uh, when Champ, they're all sitting eating lunch like in front of the fucking, like in front (laughs) of the news thing and they're all eating lunch and like Champ's like eating a banana, no, Brick's eating a banana, Champ's like eating a sandwich and Champ goes, I don't know, man, this girl... (laughs) yeah you've really been hanging out with this girl
0: man. <laughs> it's like i've had that exact same conversation at the lunch table in middle school you yeah, know
1: exactly uh-huh. i don't know dude like you've like you've heard your friend be like man yeah. you've really been hanging out with this girl <laughs> but it's just like four grown men yeah in suits if you're
0: if you're over the age of 35 and you're still referring to women as girls yeah. like that's a problem <laughs>
1: It's just, like, uh, that and, like... Uh, and then even when there is sex in the movie... Yeah. It's so, like, juvenile. Right. Where it's like, I'm going to take you to Pleasure Town. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> <I> mean, <it's, laughs> oh, we're going there. It's just, like, right. it's so childish. It's, like... But yeah. then all these other, like... Uh, well,
0: like, the whole idea of, like, making... Sex like this deity, yeah. like, like it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like this like this unquantifiable pleasure, like that's such a high school yeah. view. Where they're cool.
1: trying to pick her up, and he's <laughs> yeah. like one thousand one, one thousand two. I don't know if you heard me counting. I did over a thousand. It's, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's so, but like brilliant. Yeah, it's but that that, it. that but that concept of like doing like a movie that. That in that style, like, that Avatar style, but it isn't about sex. Yeah. It isn't, like, a sex movie that yeah. isn't the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is more about, like, the rise of feminism. Like, the, like the actual <laughs> concept of the movie is deeper than, like, any other Avatar movie. Right, Because it's, yeah. like, men dealing with... It's... Women gaining power in the workplace and all this shit, and, like, yeah. the, it kind of, like, falling apart and, like... Well, it's, it's, to, like, it's smart done dumb, dumb comedy. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a really smart concept. Yeah, done in the dumbest way with the most juvenile characters. And it
0: works on so many layers, like yeah. so many ways. You can get the guys who just think it's goofy, but then you can get the people who like get it too. You know, And exactly. then, like they also think it's funny because you're making fun of like it's toxic my masculinity. Welcome it's your
1: fan base. It. Welcome to my fan. The
0: people base. who d- who don't get the irony and still like your comedy.
1: I like actually them. know my fan base now. Oh, do you? Can I? Uh, Oh, talk to me. Can I that. tell you my fan base? These mates? are
0: the these are the guys who don't get you and still like you. Like, well,
1: them? no, because I get DMs. Oh, really? So, yeah. like, uh, I get DMs. I get DMs on like Twitter and Instagram and like, uh, <laughs> and like. So my my DMs are a really crazy place. Like, I know like uh, DMs for girls have to be pretty nuts yeah. because you probably get like dick pics and stuff. Yeah. But my DMs are really funny and like a part of me doesn't want. Like, I, I want to keep making, like, online content, but I'm afraid of, like, getting...
0: The wrong people.
1: Well, I just don't want to get popular. Sure, yeah. Because, like, I'm afraid it's just going to get cranked up to 11. Yeah. Because I know my fan base now, and if that was multiplied... Yeah. I would be so bummed. Because yeah. my... So, okay. My fan base is the guys that we've been joking about. And yeah. listeners have no clue what I'm talking about. But there, but it is the, the unironic, like... Dude, bros. Who like I do a lot of like cheeky humor, and that's how I. <laughs> that's would a good word, it. yeah. cheeky. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. very cheeky. Yeah, you got it. Um, and a lot of my a lot of my fans <laughs> are guys who don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they think it's a very sincere, and they think that's like yeah. the character I play is like who I am. And like if you've been listening to this podcast up until now, this is who I am.
0: Yeah,
1: not a, not, not an ironic person. A pretty like, straightforward, like, when I'm just kind of, like, talking about something with somebody. But my comedy is not like that. (laughs) I am not like this doing comedy. Right. And so my fan base is largely guys who don't get it. Yeah. And then there's another section. It's all the guys
0: who misunderstood Fight Club.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what it is. Yeah. All the guys, all the guys who, like, uh... Visitors District Fight Club, I have a nice section of dudes with Tarantino posters in their rooms. Oh, shit, yeah. shoot. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't even notice He it. said without noticing the Tarantino poster. <laughs>
1: I love Tarantino. Yeah. Well, it's one but... of those
0: things, like, they ruined it for us, you know? Right, exactly. It's like, I wish I could display my Pulp Fiction poster, but now all you frat boys went out there and, like... And claimed it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have movie posters, but I have a Psycho movie poster. Oh, sure. And a Taxi Driver, and oh, a Dracula. So, so
0: you movie like poster. to murder women? Yeah, is what you're saying. Well, I
1: have an Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman poster as well. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really driving home the misogyny point. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I have like the uh, even my even my decor is ironic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so I have that, and then in my other fan base. Is uh, um, largely female, mm-hmm. um, and that is broken up into uh, smart women who get what I'm doing, yeah. and for some reason those are like the diehards. Yeah, Where like like they're like comment. They're like, oh, if I like post something, they're like, oh, I listened to your podcast, It's so funny. This the, this joke in your podcast is so funny. Like they want to tell you what's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like. The, you it's my fan base that isn't the fucking dude bros who don't get it. Yeah. Is almost all women. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then I have that's a subsection of those women who I think part only listen to me because they think I'm attractive. And that <laughs> is very funny. Yeah, yeah. Like they're gonna listen to this. Right. And then they're gonna hear me call that out. They're gonna be like, fuck, he's talking about me. Because yeah. I do get like thirsty women in my DMs.
0: I've been looking for more thirsty women to listen to this podcast. So yeah, that so I'm kidding. If you
1: want that, maybe I'm open to all fan bases. Do you so. think if I were to start dating somebody with these thirsty women that are like diehard fans of my content, would be like and stand up and all that stuff? Would they like stop listening and stop like consuming my content because I'm no longer attainable, <laughs> or because there are they are intelligent young women? Would they be? Would they be like? respectful and just lustfully watch from afar. <laughs> uh, the second one's
0: pretty optimistic. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that would stop. Yeah. Yeah. I'd <laughs> be like, yeah. I think they'd be like, fuck this bitch. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the fact that you have a podcast that at least up to this point is just you. Yeah. Like, um, so, uh, uh it's so intimate, you know, where I think it's, like, you're really, like, it's like an olive branch. You're, like, giving that out to those fans who just want that private time with you, you know? Like, that's, <laughs> that's really what they're getting from it, you know? Like, stay up late at night, listen to Zach Bricard. Hello, you're welcome
1: back to Zachary ASMR. <laughs>
0: um, and now, like, now you're going to have a co-host and ruin it.
1: <laughs> yeah, i, I got to kick him out. Uh, yeah. i um, got to keep that intimacy... But <laughs> but I guess the point being uh, this is actually weird because I don't do a lot of other people's podcasts hmm. so like well, I'm pe- pe- <laughs> yeah you should be. <laughs> that right. was the exception to the rule no it's uh, like but this is like because I don't normally like I don't know what first of all I do this I thought this would be fun because it's not like an interview yeah um, and then also like uh, you are somebody that I think is like a fun you're like a fun person to genuinely yeah. talk to thank because you because. Uh, you're somebody that you, like, respect my stand-up, but... I'm, like, one of the girls. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, like... But at the same time... I also want to have sex with you, too, so it's, like... It's, <laughs> I'm just, like... For the listeners aggressive. that have never seen my face, I'm really not, like, a good-looking guy. I, <laughs> not like, I, I don't get it. I don't... I kind of look like... I'm... I kind of... I'm just, like, a 130-pound, like, a like, short king, and I... I'm like very. You're skinny. a type. You're a type. Yeah, I'm somebody. You're saying something about
0: how I'm a really good guy to talk to. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. No, back to that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, so you're somebody that's like really good to talk to. I Have like having like a genuine like every time we talk, like I'm always a little bit bummed when you start running like a bit or like doing a bit with me, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm like, nah man, we can just talk, cause yeah. like I like I like to talk to you, and base so many conversations with comedians is like somebody trying to be funny to me. Yeah. I'm like you're funny right like i just want to be like that's cool i i've seen you do stand up you've been funny in conversation it's like if something happens organically Mm -hmm. i just don't want the conversation to be comedy like i'd rather the conversation be yeah this like discussing a movie or like
0: well and that's i mean the interesting thing about this is like i'll have people on who the people who come on this podcast really gauge the tone So, like, when I had Louie on, it was really funny and quippy and, like, rapid fire. Because, like, that's just the kind of guy he... That's the kind of... That's not just his act. Like, that's who he is, you know?
1: Yeah, Uh, Louie is a much more funny, kind of, like, sociable person than I am. And I think that throws a lot of people off. Sure. When they see the stand-up.
0: Well, and then... um... When I had Brett, like, you would have never known that we're both comics because we were both pretty, like, serious and, like, academic about (laughs) what we were talking about. So it's kind of nice to, like, it just kind of goes whatever the way people want it to be. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, we're talking about a comedy, Hot Fuzz, but it's, like, there's so much that you can talk about that's just not funny when you talk about Hot Fuzz. Just when you kind of break it down as why it works as a movie. Uh, And even when you talk about comedy and why the comedy works, it's not you know, you might not laugh
1: talking about why it works, you know, like the science of comedy, like, um, well, you have a really interesting perspective on comedy. Like I, we haven't discussed comedy, um, Mm -hmm. and we don't have to, but like, uh, from the outside looking in, because you're new Mm -hmm. to stand up, you're like two years, two years of like regularly doing it. Okay. So that's still like two years is like a really special marking point, or like milestone. Um, because that's when you decide if you're like a comedian now, like, oh, yeah. this, is this what I'm doing now? It yeah. kind of happens at like two years and everybody I've talked to kind of agrees that it happens at like two years. But you, you're really interesting because whenever you kind of like, it's the same thing when you meet somebody that's like 18. Yeah. Or like, you just get your fucking yeah, phone. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got it.
0: What Johnny you're dropped
1: his phone. When, 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 when you meet somebody who's 18. <laughs> and you're like, you can't help but be like, oh, when I was 18. Yeah. In your head. Even if you weren't saying it to him, you're thinking about when you were eighteen. Right. Um, and kind of doing like a compare and contrast. So it is like when I'm when I'm watching your standup, I'm thinking about the standup I was doing when I was two years in. And you never saw that, but it is nothing like the stuff I do now. Really? It's like night and day. Um, were you
0: much more of a like less ironic person (laughs) when you start. Was it just kind of like what what do you guys think of doorknobs? Uh,
1: no, it's
0: I was a lot slower. Okay.
1: Um, I was a lot drier, like, um in terms of, like, delivery and stuff like, uh, like legitimately going on stage and being, like, uh doing, like I'm trying to think of, like, an old joke that I used to tell, but, like um, That they kind of like going on stage and being like, uh, like, yeah, like, you know, my dad texted me and like, all that, like, and it's just so, like, um, it was, it just is nothing like the style that I do now, it's nothing like the the form of comedy that I do now, and I think for the better, yeah, who knows if people agree because the people that probably like that probably hate what I'm doing now, um, so seeing you now, your perspective on stand up and seeing how, like, the style of stand up you do and i love like your sense of humor but also like your sense of humor and how you open that up to people while you're on stage is really interesting because you can i can almost tell that like you've consumed a fuck ton <laughs> of like art and cinema and like tv shows and like you can you can kind of read it on you while you're Kind of expressing yourself to the people because it's like, oh, this is a guy that's just like seen all this stuff. Right. You're saying I am movies. Yeah. (laughs) You are movies. I am. Okay. Like, like, like seeing you on stage, like it isn't shocking to come into your house and see the (laughs) Blu-rays. Like it's not weird at all. Yeah. Because that just sort of makes sense. Right. Um, If you came home and I had like a bear rug and stuff, that would. It'd be be
0: super weird. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like. Just, like, I kind of look like a guy with a mattress on my floor. And that's, <laughs> and that's why I wouldn't, to come super, to my room, they're like, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs>
0: and, I thought your bed would be higher. Like, you've never heard that before. Nah, no, I've never once
1: heard. Really, no bed frame? <laughs> um, no. But, like, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, it is that's why like like talking about movies with you, like it's not jarring or weird at all for <laughs> us to be talking about hot fuzz and you to just like name drop actors because I am not that guy.
0: Sure. Yeah. Like
1: I when I'm when I'm talking about a movie, the chances that I even know the actors names are minimal. I know some directors and I so I know some actors. Yeah. The directors I know I'm a fan of. Sure. If I'm not a fan of a director, probably have no clue who they are. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like, I do know Adam McKay, but even knowing Adam McKay and, and liking his work, I still forget his name. Oh, yeah. Sure. So it's like... Well, he's not like Spielberg, you know? Like no, he's not of course, a, yeah. but I also am not like... I wouldn't, I'm wouldn't. i also not like a Spielberg guy, you know sure, what I mean? Like yeah. the huge directors and stuff. Like Edgar Wright being my favorite director. yeah. Like, yeah. Do you think he's your favorite director? Yeah, and I would write? go as far to say yeah. just his style. I like more than pretty much anything else I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so so, as like a writer and a director, I think he's he's yeah. one of the best working right now. I
1: would say I've only done a couple film projects mm-hmm. um, since since uh, my teens, but like I would say that that's the biggest influence, and it's pretty obvious.
0: Yeah. Well, I um, I made a short film about like a year ago. It was like a. We like it was like a dark comedy horror short.
1: Yeah, that checks out. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. but by but all of those words together just means it was pretentious and stupid. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like that's <laughs> it was for, for yeah, the stupid. like, animes, like... <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I so but I, I um had had like there were parts of the movie where um I would kind of cut through like there was some like boring mundane things happening and it would be very like you catch like a second of each of those things happening and then somebody was like commented on it and was just like oh it was great it was very Edgar Wright and that was like the nicest thing anybody had ever yeah. said to me I was like because like I definitely knew that was sort of an Edgar Wright thing to do like I wasn't visually like I, do, I wasn't doing like snap zooms or anything but I was uh I definitely knew like that's kind of what inspired me you know and so uh when somebody said that I was like that's like thank you exactly <laughs> or like when they say just like when people say the exact thing I'm looking for but I, t- I took that to a film festival uh the Motor City Nightmares Film Festival. Oh yeah. And uh, I made uh, a business card for myself, because everyone said when you go to film festivals, make your business cards. And I was just there with some guys, and they were passing them around, and I passed mine to a guy, and he was like, oh, where are you guys out of? (laughs) And I was like, oh, just... Hubbard Hall at Michigan State University, East Lansing. Like I don't know, like, like so I was. Just, oh, we're we're out of East Lansing, you know. Yeah. Where as in me, yeah, uh, I made these through office oh, weeks yeah. a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and so yeah, I think Edgar Wright is definitely one of the most influenced, in, influential people to me, in on that in that respect, and also like as a writer. Yeah, uh, I think because I for the plays I've written. I was taking a lot of cues from him of, like, the art of a setup and a payoff. And, uh, because those can be really rewarding. Like, it's people don't realize just, like, how, just a simple setup and payoff, like, it doesn't even have to be that smart. People just like it. They like the satisfaction of things coming back around. Because you feel like you didn't waste your time at all, you know? Um, And so, and I think Hot Fuzz is, like... The best example of his setups and payoffs, because it's a mystery movie too. Right, exactly. Um and it's one of those things where it's like I it surprises me that after Hot Fuzz came out, they still make movies that Hot Fuzz is making fun of. Like you're like, you'd think that they'd stop doing it. Like it's like when Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story came out. It's like they're still doing formulaic uh um like music biopics. Right. Like, Bohemian Rhapsody just came out. And that's Walk Hard Without the Jokes. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, you'd think that movie would come out and they'd be like, wow, we gotta start doing different things because they got us. Yeah. Like, they figured us out, you know?
1: <laughs> the formula <laughs> so... has been figured out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's like, you'd think like, you know, like, after I Hot Fuzz. Plus... I fucking Spinal Tap.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, spinal Tap. Um, I gotta do an episode of Spinal Tap someday. That's great film
1: i'm sure um, somebody'd be willing to talk somebody to about definitely that. would be
0: um but yeah is there anything else you want to say about hot fuzz while we're um on? or edgar wright or movies in general I think
1: something that's uh i'm not sure i think okay so i guess with i'll say one final thing about hot fuzz um and that's just uh it's, it was really cool, and this is like, kind of like a small thing, but it is kind of, I think it's like a fun thing to say as like, a, as like a closing thing, is like, as somebody that watched Shaun of the Dead at such a young age and was like, oh, this is like so fun. Yeah. And then to see Hot Fuzz and like not really connect all the dots right away, but be like, oh, this is the Shaun of the Dead guys. Yeah. Um, and, and then be like, when uh, it started to ramp up and the action sequences started to happen, um, like the, all the gunfights and everything, to be like, to be like, oh, the guys that made this can do this too. Yeah, and yeah. pull it off right. is really cool. Yeah, it's like up until the the gunfights, it isn't too far off of what Shaun of the Dead was doing. Yeah, because Shaun of the Dead isn't like a fast paced movie.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, and even during like the high intensity scenes at the end. Yeah. Which it is kind of like Hot Fuzz. Because of the bar scene, and then chaos, and then... The, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. But, like... Don't stop me now.
1: Or don't, don't, yeah, the see, music yeah. and everything. It's, like... It's <laughs> kind of like that, where it follows that similar arc. Right. But it the intensity isn't there with, like, the gunfights. Yeah. And so it's, like... The fact that I was, like, oh, my God, they can, The same... These guys can do this, too, was almost, like... Not inspirational, but, like... Right. Kind of surreal. To yeah. be, like, oh, you can do these two very it's it's like the idea that you can
0: you don't have to sacrifice the qualities of a good movie in the name of comedy like yeah. i think too many people might think like oh i'm making a comedy so i don't even need to be that serious about yeah. the quality of my my shootout scene you know yeah, exactly. it's like everything's great everything's yeah. like because obviously like edgar wright isn't a doing comedies but he's so inspired by like great movies too, or it's like it's this melding of these two kinds, of, these two parts of his brain. Yeah, um, it's
1: it's phenomenal. It's yeah. crazy. Uh,
0: yeah. And also, I mean, like I think, I think also one thing that I think the World's End did best out of all his movies, and that but that he generally does really well is just that uh, he writes really great characters, and they're they're comedy characters, but they're not like they're not unbearable to watch. You don't get sick of them. You know? Right. They are, like, they're appropriately layered, but not to a point where they're, like, you know, they're overly established. You know? They're, they they all function, like, perfectly, I think, in the plots. Right. Um, so, uh, that's, I've been doing a lot of harping on Edgar Wright lately, like, the last few episodes. Even before we did uh, Scott Pilgrim, like, I was still, <laughs> we, I was, had just been talking about him with, like, both Louis and Brett. Um, so okay. Lastly, I guess I'd want to ask, like, so you've seen all five of his movies, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, he's got a sixth one coming out. He just wrapped on it. It's like a h- actual horror movie, apparently. Oh, six. So, yeah, that's so gonna be excited. cool. Yeah. that's gonna be really cool. What?
1: How would you rank all five of his movies? Cool. Um. I don't know. I'm really bad at that <laughs> sort of stuff. Um. Okay. So. It kind of. It kind of sucks. So. I would have to put. The World's End at the Bottom.
0: Me too, yeah.
1: Um Which is
0: hard because it's still and a Hot perfect Fuzz at movie. the top.
1: <laughs> yeah. So The World's End, it's a great movie and it's not a it's not a bad movie at all, but it is at the bottom. Yeah. Uh there's gotta be a worst of the best. Yeah. And then I would put Hot Fuzz and then Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And then uh Scott Pilgrim, Baby Driver, and then uh I just said the, name, the world's end. Um, yeah, but the thing is, is that I okay. So Scott Pilgrim, it isn't, it isn't my speed because I'm not a comic book guy. Mm-hmm. But I get mad anime. <laughs> vibes from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I love anime. Right. Well, the first thing you
0: said after we started recording was that you jerk off to hentai. So. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, so
1: yeah. So uh, I I will say I'm not gonna say if I do or don't. All right. <laughs> not gonna confirm or deny. I don't want to. I like to be really ambiguous yeah. about it. Yeah. Cause For I about it, yeah. For your fans out there. Yeah. I joke about it so much that I will. Not, I do not want to confirm or deny. <laughs> right. It. If I actually do or not, I'm just gonna keep saying. Or referring to hentai as a, my main source of porn. Right. Um but uh, if, you, if listeners don't know what hentai is, it's like anime but better. Uh, <laughs> what are, are there? Are there is is hentai?
0: Is there like anime porn? Like, yeah, Is it like anime parodies where it's like like Attack on Titan or something? Um,
1: if there is, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I haven't seen it. <laughs> finger quotes. He's yeah, finger quotes. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, But, no, no, there absolutely is, like, the best part about anime and hentai (laughs) uh, (laughs) is, so, like, anime and then, so, (laughs) anime is sexual, kind of, to begin with. Sure. Like, there's just something about anime that's sexual. Oh, yeah. And then there's anime that's basically hentai, and then there's just hentai. And it's (laughs) so funny how, like, it just... Because you can do that. It's a spectrum. Because it's, it's drawings. Yeah. You can just do that. Like I've been watching anime. Where like, I'll watch, unanime. I don't know if it's anime or unanime. But I like I'll watch something and then like, somebody like oh you got to check this out. And so I'll be like cool. Like somebody will DM me like oh you, you should, yeah I know you watch anime you should watch this. And then I'll watch something and then, fucking three episodes in, there's just like. A girl in like a thong and it's just like really, really graphic. Yeah. And like it's hyper sexualized and I'm like Okay. And, like she'll like be grabbing like a bulge. And I'm like what? Right. Well it's I mean
0: the luxury is like you don't have to convince the actor to do it. You know have to Like, exactly. oh what's in the contract? They can
1: literally do anything. <laughs> just do it's it. yeah. so crazy. Wow. But like, um it is like a South Park level, like, oh, we're just gonna have Mr. Garrison fucking okay yeah (laughs) right yeah because we don't have to convince him or anybody to actually fuck on screen right um but like it's very economical It's yeah yeah uh but i guess the back to the ranking to close it out uh sorry for that aside (laughs) Uh, but scott pilgrim is higher than baby driver because i get the the anime jap japan korea like all those vibes from it um and i do really like i do really like korean culture yeah um not so much japanese culture i mean i it's whatever. And mm. if you're a racist, then it's all the same culture, so who cares? But, like, uh, but I like, I like, <laughs> but I do like the South Korean culture, which I'm a racist, so I guess it is all the same me. Right, yeah, but, I was say. Uh, I'm a Nazi, so, uh, but the South I can't Korean... believe he just admitted he's oh a Nazi God. on the it's podcast. This late in the podcast, they're not listening. Uh, <laughs> they're not, they did not make it this far. <laughs> no, but, uh, it's just my mom and, and your fans. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> the South Korean stuff is really cool to me, and so, like, uh, uh, I guess like that just because of the vibes. I don't think it's a better movie than Baby Driver. I think Baby Driver is actually a better movie. Mm-hmm. But I like the style, yeah. personally, more of of uh, so, Scott, Scott Pilgrim. So it, yeah. it's it's right in the middle. Um, okay. And then Shaun of the Dead because I just love horror comedy so much. Yes. And then Hot Fuzz because it's just a fucking flawless movie. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, it is. Actually, a flawless movie. I'm happy to say that. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Like, it's, never a, it's a perfect every conceivable way. Hey, Edgar, yeah. if you're listening, bro, <laughs> Edgar, I just want to let you know, dude. I know then. you don't get much praise, so <laughs> it's a we, flawless movie. We hear
0: it. We are movies. Uh, <laughs> love your work. We love your work. So fucking, keep doing it. Hey, don't stop. Bro. Keep making a movie every five years. <laughs> um, uh, okay, well, I mean, I guess, I that's, guess it. that's it. Thanks yeah. for doing this. No uh, problem, man. It's
1: my pleasure. Do
0: you want to plug anything besides hentai? Do you want to plug? <laughs> yeah, like? you
1: should watch hentai. Give it a try. Give <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah. I have, a, I have a Instagram website, Twitter. It's all the same handle. You have a website? Yeah, yeah. Is
0: it just zachbrkar.com?
1: No, it's my Instagram handle. So oh. It's okay. at Z. My name will probably be the title, so you can see okay. my name, but like. Uh, it's my name, last name, and then with a Z at the end, so it could be pronounced however you want to pronounce it. I prefer Bercarzy, like it's Italian. Um, okay, yeah. I think that's the most fun way. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, it's the same name, I do YouTube content and stuff. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, so don't watch that. Um, <laughs> you probably yeah. will never see me live. You have a podcast, too. You have a podcast, it isn't that name, it's... <laughs> It's the only thing not named that because I'm trying to keep it low-key. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to make sure people don't listen to it. So do you not want to say the name? No, I'll say it. Okay. okay. Go <laughs> <laughs> Too many people already listen to it, so I'm trying to keep it contained. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm not even sharing it on Instagram anymore. <laughs> I'm like, cool, we've reached Max, max yeah. Listener. Uh, it's... Uh, Damn Dude, LOL is the name of the podcast. It's definitely not ironic, uh, as you can tell by the name.
0: I'm sure I, in the Venn diagram of who listens to your podcast and mine, it's like you haven't reached any new people anyway. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Except my, my
0: mom's going to be a regular listener now to Damn Dude, LOL. That's the difference. Yeah,
1: no, uh, Johnny's mom, I uh, Mrs. Mockney, <laughs> if you're listening right now, I uh, I read the news. <laughs> At a point in my podcast, so it is informational. Yeah, it's do, very current. Yeah, it's very it's current events. Um, so I get to I talk about like the hentai I've been watching mm-hmm. and the news. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't... everything you need in your yeah, in your. It's
1: a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, do some really killer bits. I think a bit in the last one was about how I do jujitsu, jitsu but I'm mostly the Jew part. <laughs> so that's kind of the jokes that I do. That's
0: that's a great bit. It's hilarious. It's really you just workshopping. For yeah, nobody. some yeah. people
1: will be like, oh, I'm more of a jits guy. And I'm like, nah, I'm all Jew. <laughs> so that's my, that's if you were like, what's this guy like on stage? There it is.
0: There it is. So in case you were wondering uh, if you should see Zach Bercart on stage, yeah. now you know not to. Now so you know. <laughs> they, you're going to just
1: hear jokes like, I've been reading where the wild things are, and they don't tell you. It's <laughs> jokes like that, yeah. It's all that's jokes. actually brilliant, though. That's a perfect joke. That's the hot
0: fuzz of jokes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, the pacing.
0: The perfect pacing.
1: God, what an incredible oh. pacing. Oh, perfectly edited. <laughs> um, uh, thanks. Perfectly edited. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no meat, dude. <laughs> real prime cut we should
0: uh, we should we should podcast again sometime you, yeah you want to be a guest yeah. on my podcast I'll totally be a guest on your podcast yeah, just well, tell me what hentai we're going to talk about yeah. and I'll welcome
1: back with. to damn dudes lol <laughs>
0: <laughs> somebody like I did not sign up for two dudes yeah it's just in parentheses s <laughs> perfect alright Alright, we'll do sick it. man alright thank you yeah All right, that does it with another episode of We Are Movies. If you made it this far, um, why? Why would you do that to yourself? Um, I'm just kidding. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to Zach for coming on. Um, if you get a chance, go follow him on all the social medias and stuff. Uh, you can follow us at We Are Movies Pod. You can like us on Facebook at We Are Movies. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd at Johnny Mockney, G O H N N Y, M O C N Y. Um, but I'm also the least interesting part of the show. So that's totally fine if you don't. So anyway, uh, tune in next week. Uh, I'm going to talk about a lot more movies with, uh, some more people who aren't just, uh, white dudes, I promise. <laughs> um, but until then, write some letters to Edgar Wright and ask him to come on this podcast. Uh, cause that's my ultimate end game in the end. Um, that's all for now. Bye-bye.